Hey, Curtis. Hey, Oz. You got a movie for us this week? I do have a movie this week. This week's movie marriage is Ferris Bueller's Day Off plus Red Dawn throwing throwing some hackers all (laughs) rendered on an Atari 2600. (laughs) This week, we're watching one word, War Games. Yeah, the uh, I feel bad about these like '80s era, like technologically advanced movies because yeah. they were still limited by the technology of the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's you know it's like oh, we're gonna you know all of you know NORAD is like controlled on like what you said like a Commodore sixty four. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Insert floppy disk to commence with launch sequence. <laughs> Giant floppy disk. Uh-huh. Like, like a two, two-hander. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another week of Let's Talk About Flicks, the podcast where we take a monthly theme, this month being war movies. And this yes. actually is the finale of, of it is. Set yeah, theme. Ev- every movie we've had is at the consecutive letters W-A-R. Yeah, and uh, we are, we're wrapping up the month with war games, uh, mm-hmm. which... Took you a while to find as you were doing what the grammatically correct of making it two words. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Big John Badham says, no way. Uh-uh. It's one <laughs> this word. Is a, this is a one word film. One word. War games. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, well, kind of lost my train of thought there. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Oz. <laughs> I'm the other host, Curtis. <laughs> Before we get too far, I want to give a shout out to Patreon subscribers Don S, Aaron A, Mandy K, and the return of Melissa L. Yes, I was just notified of that uh, yesterday. Yeah, she has so, returned to the Patreon list. So welcome yes. back, Melissa L. Uh-huh. She's, uh, she's done with her sabbatical. Yeah, well, and now she could be back to being referred to as uh, Patreon subscriber Patreon Melissa Patreon subscriber L. <laughs> Melissa L, yeah. So, uh, yeah, War Games, this is the, was it the fifth movie of the month? Did we get five mm-hmm. this month? Yeah, we uh, have, yeah five uh, five weaker this month, because, again, we measure our weeks by Wednesdays. Yeah, so. by Wednesdays. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is your film, so I'm going to go through yeah. the cast of the movie. Uh, there seems to be a big cast, but not really an importantly big cast. Exactly, yeah. A lot of people, but there's really only a couple that really yeah. matter. Uh, I, I tried keeping track of the characters in the first 10 minutes, it. and no, you really yeah. only need to know like four or five. Right, and that's really about as deep as I'm going to go, it's about mm-hmm. four or five. Uh, we are our kind of protagonist, I guess. Sure. Um, you know, is Matthew Broderick, who plays David Lightman, a bright but unmotivated Seattle high schooler uh, mm-hmm. in a very early Matthew Broderick role. A couple you of years before, ne- so you and I have never worked with any of any of those students. No, 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 no. I've no. never seen a bright and and unmotivated student. No, those um, are mu- mutually exclusive things. Well, it's I see plenty of unmotivated. It's the yes. it's the bright and unmotivated that I miss out on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, I'm kidding, of course. Yes, it's just token for uh, any really pretty much all. High. It's like the the bright motivated students are the anomaly. Yeah. Uh, he's joined by Ali Sheedy playing Jennifer Mack, a fellow high school student that pretty much just had nothing else to do. Um, yeah, really, <laughs> really into fitness. Yeah, very much into fitness. <laughs> very into fitness. I got a feeling that's going to come up. And uh, <laughs> she just uh, really, 
she just really came off as bored. Like, yeah, she had nothing better to do. I mean, right. well, may as well help my pal hack into, into yeah. Norad. Well, yeah, he changed my grade for me. So I guess I should hang out with it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so those are our, our non-military mm-hmm. people. Uh, we are also joined by Dabney Coleman playing Dr. John McKittrick, whose real push is um, we should let computers control the launch sequences of nukes mm-hmm. we shouldn't rely on people yep we got barry corbin as the other side of that argument general jack Berenger, <laughs> cigar chomping chew yeah. chew chew C- chewing yeah. he's uh, he's also into fitness uh as in like i'm uh, a i'm a fitness whole scene into my mouth as i chew it up <laughs> i'm gonna chew this scene like i'm chewing this cigar watch me fitness in my mouth uh <laughs> And and so and then we got John Wood who plays um, I don't know not really a moral compass but kind of the Yoda mm-hmm. of our film. Sure, it uh, eventually turns into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played by John Wood. He's uh, not John. It is John Wood. He's not played. Yeah. John Wood plays himself. <laughs> John, John Wood playing John Wood. It's a fictionalized version of John. Wood. <laughs> no, he plays um, Stephen Falcon and also the uh, voice it's of an, voice it's an autobiography of, of John Wood. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, and then we, there, that's pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. We got David's parents in there that are kind of funny. people that are there. Yeah. Eddie Eddie Deason shows up, which is always good when you see Eddie Deason. William H. Macy is in here as an uncredited NORAD officer. Was? I didn't even notice. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... There you go. Is this before or after he shot himself in the driveway? Uh, this is before <laughs> <laughs> Michael Madsen's in the movie a little bit. Yes. Yeah. It's, he, he kicks us off. You just got a few of those kind of that guy kind of things before mm. they were that guy. Um, yes. but really this is the Broderick Coleman Corbin show. Yeah. With a dose it, of Ali Sheedy. Yeah. She, she just happens to be there. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you're I, right. It's, it's really those, those three basically. Yeah. I have a feeling like, if Ali Sheedy just wasn't as cute as she is in this movie, they may, you know, like this probably wouldn't being early eighties been like, well, you're, you're attractive enough. We'll keep you around. It's like, well, we need him to talk to somebody who's not in the military. Industrial exactly. Complex, so and, Ali Sheedy. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause it's like, uh, apparently like computer nerds in the early eighties were a bigger hit with women than they are today. So I was just born in the wrong era, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said computer nerds, though. Would you consider yourself a computer nerd? Oh, not necessarily computer nerd, but right. just more nerd nerd. No, yeah, well, nerd nerds were still losers back then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. What? So. Wow. <laughs> so, and that's it. That's it for your cast. Um, what do you got for a plot for this for wargums for because it is one word wargums (laughs) (laughs) well wargums kicks off with uh two soldiers pulling up in a snowstorm one of which is young michael madsen yeah uh does not cut anyone's ear off in this movie he does pull a gun though (laughs) he does that scene got escalated i know like this movie really kicks off with some tension yeah, so basically these two guys pull up to this base in a snowstorm. It looks like they're walking into like a cabin, but in reality it's NORAD. Yeah. Like and th- it's their turn to man the nuclear 
codes, basically. Yeah. And so they go down there, they get settled in, they're kind of joking around, and on all of a sudden, you know, like things start beeping and blaring, and they get a red alert. They're prompted to enter launch codes. They turn the keys, or they go to turn the keys simultaneously, and one guy refuses to do it. Yeah. Michael Madsen, who's the other guy, pulls a gun on him, and it's like, it, like do it, it's your job. Right. Uh, turns out that it was all just a very, very elaborate training sequence. <laughs> I was like, uh, what if he would have turned the key? Like, would that, like, was it just a video of, of, because like they, that nuke was firing up, you know, mm-hmm. and he just wouldn't open the door. Like, would it have fired a nuke if he, if he opened it, if he turned the just, key? Just one. It, well, that's true. It's just one. <laughs> just one. It, would have flown into like Nevada or Utah. <laughs> Only a semi-populated area. It'd have been all right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it turns out it was just just an elaborate training sequence. Uh, you know, we cut to you know Behringer and McKittrick and all these NORAD guys. Yeah. Like twenty-two percent of our of our launch officers, you know, fail. You know, have failed this test. And so McKittrick's like, we got to take this out of human hands in the event that, you know, that we have to launch nuclear warheads. We got to We got to have an automated system doing this. Do you think it would have been easier to just get rid of the 22 <laughs> percent? Well, it's I did <laughs> and, find the sequence kind of kind of like interesting. Go ahead, though. I was just like, because you clearly need two people to do it. And just like real quick mental math is um, the only way that you're going to get, and I'm probably wrong here, but the only way you're going to get 22% to be an even number is if you take 22 out of 100. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if there's only 50 launch guys, now 22% is only 11 of them. You know, 25, it becomes a fraction or a decimal. So you could probably just fire the 22 and go with 78 and just have them work a little overtime. That was a lot of math there, nerd. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I I wasn't a hit with the ladies in the early 80s. Let me break up my fractions and decimals. <laughs> I did it all mentally. I didn't even need a protractor. Oh, or my watch my watch calculator. So, but yeah, that I'm just I don't know, I think it would have been cheaper and simpler to just fire the 22 that won't turn the key. Yeah. Keep the well, 78 they, they, that will. They did say, I, I think they said this that uh like like we're having a hard time identifying who these people are before we're putting them through this training sequence because they pass enough, all of the yeah. other tests and metrics and you know personality measures and all this stuff. They all seem to be capable of doing it. Twenty two percent of them don't. Fair enough. Because twenty two percent of them, you know, want the world to continue to exist. <laughs> yeah, I, idiots. <laughs> Uh, we get, uh, you know, we get some brassy military music as we see the outside yeah. of Norad. There's a lot of that in this movie. Oh, like yeah, br- yeah. Brassy military yeah. snare, snare drums, you know, exactly. it's, it's all that, that kind of, you know, you're, you're stereotypical. This is a military movie. So we need a lot of, a lot of muted trumpets playing. Right. Uh, McKittrick says we got to automate the system. Uh, we get some Healy, some guy named Healy expositions about like the amount of time, the length of time it takes for like a nuke to get from mainland Russia to uh, to you know U.S. mainland and all this stuff. And eventually, we get introduced to uh, to the aforementioned Whopper, uh, which is the automated system. You know, it's <laughs> back in 1983. It was a gigantic box. Yes, yeah, yeah. with a face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and Whopper is constantly running like 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 simulated war games. Yeah, uh, which makes it smarter. You know, it, oh, yeah. it, it is it it is an AI. Mm-hmm. And so McKittrick's like, well, we got to let Whopper make the calls. They eventually compromise uh, and said that you know we're going to let you know Whopper like sort of like run the like run the numbers, but we're st- we'll still have a man making the call, and that would be right. Corbin. Uh, we cut to uh, then we we cut to David up in, in an arcade in Seattle playing Galaga Oz, uh, and I and I did note he had the the two ships side by side as he was playing Galaga. He so did. You could tell he, so you could tell he's a good, smart Galaga player. Yes, that, that's always how, that's wise. How, that's how you play the Galaga game. You got to risk it. It's a calculated risk, mm-hmm. which is what David Lightman is all about. Calculated risk. Yeah. <laughs> when I think Matthew Broderick, I think calculated risk. Well, I mean, he is married to <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker, so. Yeah. And he did it's... kill a guy, too. But but he was acquitted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's late to school in class. His teacher shames him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> that, that might come back a little bit later. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, he it's I, it's some kind of science class. They're kind of all over the place talking about science and it's school. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just it's yeah. just school. It's it's Hollywood science. Yeah. They're talking about physics and then they're talking about biology. Uh, David makes some crack. Uh, the teacher's talking about asexual reproduction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and so it's kind of funny. It, it's like it's like when the class knows <laughs> about asexual reproduction, and David's like, "Oh, your wife, <laughs> your <Hi-oh>. wife, hey. <laughs> hey!" And then he and then he puts his hands up for high fives from everyone, right? <laughs> because everybody loves the nerd. Uh huh. Everybody loves the nerd. So he's sent to the office, and while he's there, he knows where the school keeps its password for its. Uh, it's dial-up login, I yeah. guess. I just, it's like, yeah, it's like the password to the mainframe of the great, like this, just like yeah. student info system. Yeah, like, an how, old, old, old SIS. Like, why would he know where this password is? Like, <laughs> it just seems like, because even when he gets home, he knows exactly how to log into it. So is the program loaded on his home computer as well? You're thinking way too hard about this, Oz. This is '80s hackers. It's true. <laughs> you just you just punch the school's number into your into your modem, and and you're on their system. I would have really loved to see. You know how like Schwarzenegger has the "I'll be back." You know, I would uh-huh. have loved to see Broderick have a setup where in every movie he's in, he logs into a school computer from home. <laughs> <laughs> That's just his thing. And then he turns and winks at the camera. Life's too short. <laughs> right. I just I, I just want to get a kick out of it, like uh, uh, you know, Inspector Gadget. It would have worked there. Does it? Yep. Um, I just it would have been it would have been great. Strangers with candy. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> Election. He just logs into the school computer from home. Like everything he does, it makes sense. Thinking about this, he's in a lot of movies that take place in or around schools. Yeah. And in or around technology, like even uh-huh. Inspector Gadget, where it's not around school, it's still the tech. Like it missed opportunity, mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah, Broderick know, could right? have been your thing. I know. You started whoever, off hot. Whoever Matthew Broderick's agent is, oof, should have been us. Poor, poor job, agent and publicist. Between War Games and Ferris Bueller, he's really like set himself up to just hack into school computers, basically. Uh, so after school, uh, Jennifer drives up on, on the lawn in school on her dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the parking was. Yeah. 
uh, <laughs> she she gives him a ride home on the back of her dirt bike, um, where he invites her in and he hacks into the school computer, changes his grade in biology, and then offers to change her. And she's having a little moral crisis here. She refuses, and after she kind of leaves in a huff, he actually logs back in and changes her grade anyway without her consent. Higher to what he was going to change it to. Yeah, he originally was going to change it to, I think, a C. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just give her an A. Yeah. Why not? What a nice guy that David. I'm just glad that teachers in the early 80s kept no record books. No. There's no no proof that, I mean, they just, well, that's what the computer says. Computers don't lie. That must have been what I said then. (laughs) (laughs) I must have hit the wrong button. Yeah, it's, it's on me, not the computer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later, we get a fun little sequence. Uh, David's at the dinner table, and uh, Dad is putting a, a lot of butter on a piece of bread. He has. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some kind of moments. This might this one might come up later as well. Uh, but he's putting a whole lot of butter on a piece of bread, and and he uses this piece of bread. He then wrap, he then wipes it around an ear of corn to get to equally distribute the butter. To, to be fair, that's honestly how I grew up, like buttering ears of corn. Well, we really? would have corn. On, yeah. We, we have corn that's, on the cob. That's a, that's a hack that I did not know. Yeah. We would always butter a slice of bread and then like you did just sandwich it and roll it around. And now you got a fully buttered ear of corn and a pretty tasty slice of bread and butter. Yeah. With, with a bread and butter with hint of corn. Yeah. I, that's how we did it growing up. Until we became sophisticated and, you know, got the, uh, the like Tupperware or whatever, where you put part of a stick of butter in it and, yeah, and it, the plastic is formed to the, to the ear of corn. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It was always, it was always bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a hack that, uh, that I was not aware of. So well, use it next time. You'll find I it am. much more efficient and fun and <laughs> environmentally friendly because you're not using the piece of plastic. There you go. Uh, David uh, starts trying to hack. He, he read about some um, some new online game or something that, right. that Pro- ProtoVision is putting out. Um, and so he tries to hack into this, basically into this gaming server is what right. he's trying to do. Using real life techniques, like like having these like like robo calls. Yeah. Where, where it's, it's just sequencing through like every possible phone number in an area code kind of thing. Yeah. David, David's bright. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, I completely understand why he's bored with school. Yeah. Or making fun of his teachers. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Jennifer tells, uh, a Galaga playing David. So she meets him at the arcade, change her, change her bio grade to passing. And he's like, I already did it, baby. Yeah. Give me some sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, back, back in his room with Jennifer, he ends up, he gets into this protovision game server and there's games such as Falcon's Maze, Blackjack, Checkers, Chess, air-to-ground actions, theater-wide tactical warfare, theater-wide biotoxic and chemical warfare, and the final one, global thermonuclear war. Hmm. That's quite che- a list. <laughs> really escalates from chess to global thermal nuclear war. Yes. Which and one do you want to play? Yeah, I should have included in my notes, Tic-Tac-Toe is also there. Exactly. Because, spoiler yeah. alert. Right. Uh, David brings up a printout of, uh, of, of all of these games to a bunch of hackers to try to get some more info. Um, there's two characters there 
that he's getting info from. One of them is obviously an uh, an autism spectrum inspired character who they're playing yes. off as this very awkward nerd. And right. I have some I have some kind of problems with that, but. I won't go into detail about it, but it's, yeah, you're using somebody's disability to frame them as a nerd. Um, he wants to play, and one of the guys is like, it's probably military grade, but yeah, but David insists, I want to I play this game. Mil- military be darned. Yeah, because I'm a kid in Seattle, yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> and so he, he learns that there's probably a back door into the, into the, uh, Always a into back the door. server. And that uh, because the first game listing was called Falcon's Maze, it's probably written by a guy named Falcon. So start there. Right. We then get a montage of research. <laughs> Love it. Got a research montage. Just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's another research montage. <laughs> he flips some books. He looks at some microfilm. Watch him read. <laughs> Put it together some post-it notes. Montage. <laughs> the next day, uh, Jennifer runs up to David and to David's house, and boy, are her arms pumping us. She's she, she's running like Robert Patrick from T two. She's fitness fitness enthusiast. She, she is a fitness enthusiast. David hasn't been to school in days. Uh, he he's finding out more about this Falcon guy. He, uh, he's dead, but his wife and child died first in a car accident. David figures out that the password is Joshua, which was a Falcon's dead child's name. Uh, it lets him in. It starts talking to David, including, shall we play a game? Right. It's the uh, uh, precursor to the Saul movies. Mm-hmm. This is. Also pops up in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier yeah. as well. Which is which for my money is, I think, is my favorite Marvel MCU movie. It's a great one for sure. Got that, like, political thriller feel to it. Yeah. Well, it feels like a seventies, like a seventies movie and a superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, David says, I want to play global thermonuclear war. Right. And it, it asks him to pick a side. He picks the Soviet union. So Joshua, the computer system picks the U S right. Uh, as he types in U S cities to nuke, because again, he's representing the Soviet union. He types yeah. in Las Vegas and Seattle. We cut back to the NORAD base, Oz. <laughs> yeah. And they have a report that a Soviet missile warning is going off and that confidence is high that missiles are inbound to Las Vegas and Seattle. Uh, we cut back to Jennifer drinking a tab on camera product placement. Yeah. Love it. It's, as David's, as they're laughing and he's playing the game, we go back to NORAD and General Berenger's loaded up a huge cheek full of chewing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> he's mad their satellites didn't pick up the launch. Uh, David's parents yell at him to clean up some garbage, so he disconnects from the game. And once he disconnects, NORAD's screens go dark. Right. So nukes, Yeah, the nukes are gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh there's there's some nerdy guy who kind of like oversees whopper on a day-to-day basis he runs in screaming we're not being attacked it's a simulation and they figure out it's somebody from the outside who was able to hack into their systems and they traced it to seattle uh we we, we get another uh I, his parents are just drips i, I, I love them i love yeah. his parents <laughs> it reminds me a lot of like like the gremlins parents yeah yeah, just 80s drippy parents. Yep. Uh, it's, let's see, where are we at? Um, 
he he's David's talking to his drippy parents. That's right. And uh, the TV's on in the background. And the news report says that there was an erroneous nuclear alert, which catches David's attention because he's like, oh, poopy. <laughs> that uh, might have been me. Gu- guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so the camera pushes in on him and he's all panicked and paranoid. He throws away his research. Whopper calls him, calls in, basically hacks into his system. Right. And says, hey, do you want to keep playing? And we see a running clock, 31 hours of expired, 52 remaining. Um, David asks Whopper, what's what's the goal of this? And Whopper says it's to win the game. Yeah, that's why you play. It's the only, only reason to play a game is to win. Uh-huh. Uh, awkward cut. The next day, David is exiting a 7-Eleven with a very, very big gulp. Uh, <laughs> I got more product placement here. The feds surround him and, and basically like black bag him into a van. Um, <laughs> Healy tells McKittrick, you know, we're at DEFCON 4 still. You know, 5 is the safe one. Um, and, and so they bring David and NORAD. They're all tr- trying to figure out if he's telling the truth. You know, David's like, no, I, you know, I hacked in. Um, you know, some of them think he's a Soviet spy. Yeah, like it's it's total military of like, we see the truth being told flat out, mm-hmm. and they're like, no, there's no possible way yeah. that this could happen. Well, <laughs> there is. So, so McKittrick's talking to David. David sees Whopper and says, Joshua. Yeah. Uh, David tells McKittrick, I was just playing a game. Uh, while shaking David down in his office, McTrick, uh, McKittrick gets called out and is told the nuclear codes are active, but they it, the system won't accept them in, unless they're at DEFCON 1. But uh, they go to DEFCON 3 next to a big picture of Ronald Reagan. Yes. (laughs) Product placement. Uh, More product placement. (laughs) Ronald Reagan. (laughs) It was his acting agent trying to get him some more acting. (laughs) Yeah, so we we got you in this movie, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) The the estate of Ronald Reagan collects commissions from this movie every time (laughs) someone watches it. (laughs) War games. War, War games. Uh, left alone because they leave him alone in McKittrick's office, David, yeah. with a computer terminal right there. They had James Tolkien around, though. I mean, <laughs> I know it's what he does. He enforces teenagers and keeps them from doing nefarious things. <laughs> uh, he logs back into Whopper. Whopper gives David projections of U.S. civilian deaths, saying uh, 72 million, give or take. You know, yeah, is how many U.S. civilians will die in this scenario. David asks Whopper, is this a game or is this real? And Whopper says, what's the difference? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> David is then told by James Tolkien that he's being arrested and he, they throw him into a, a locked room in the infirmary. Yeah. Because why not? David then comes across a tape recorder and uses it to open the door. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was yeah. pretty pretty amazing. <laughs> the door the door's always listening. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm not even going to go into that. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he escapes into like an elevator shaft, ventilation duct. Uh, then he then he he sneaks his way into a tour group because NORAD is constantly giving tours. <laughs> constantly, we're, we're <laughs> I love that scene too. We're worried about this one kid who's admitting I hacked in. I'm sorry, I won't do it again. And they're like, "You're a spy." Meanwhile, public tours. <laughs> yeah, through like the main hub yeah. too. Yeah, it's not even like we're gonna like. Here's like a fake NORAD room. We're gonna have you take a look at. 
So he blends in with the group and he escapes on a bus. Uh, David hacks a phone booth because apparently there's a lot of technology and and public phones he's able to hack there. Uh, Gets Jennifer to buy him a plane ticket down to Oregon so he can track down Falcon. Uh, And then she shows up at the airport in Oregon because why not? I I think she ran there, her arms pumping the whole way. (laughs) Right. Well, she did do her stretches. Yeah. Uh, on a ferry to the island Falcon lives on, David tells Jennifer everything. He comes comes clean to her. Uh, on the island, they find Falcon. Uh, David tells him, I came because of Joshua. And that got oh, Falcon's, yeah, Falcon's stops, attention. Stops dead in his tracks. Yeah, he's very dismissive of them earlier. Uh, back at NORAD, you know, the computer identifies two Soviet bombers flying towards Alaska. And they go to DEFCON 2. Uh, Behringer sends up American pilots to get visual confirmation, and there's nothing there. No. So, yeah, is this real or is it not? Uh, back with Falcon, um, he bas- Falcon basically he says, "I'm okay with humanity destroying itself, and that extinction is inevitable." Falcon's kind of a dour guy, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> leans leans towards pessimism <laughs> slightly. Uh, I think Rachel Dratch would play him in a remake. <laughs> falcon downer uh david calls him out you're already dead you don't care about anything jennifer suggests that she and david swim the two to three miles to shore (laughs) she just ran across the water (laughs) like like the kid from the incredibles exactly uh jennifer says i was gonna be at an aerobic show next week that somehow (laughs) inspires david to kiss her (laughs) he loves fitness and she is fitness she is she defines fitness a helicopter spotlights them and chases them around for what seems like hours oh yeah Uh, yeah but it's falcon and eventually he's like hey it's me get climb on board (laughs) it's okay guys yeah Uh, so we're into Act 3 now, Oz. Back at NORAD, uh, they're tracking 300 inbound ICBMs. <laughs> it's like, like the world is going to end. Yes. Behringer moves them to DEFCON 1. Whopper recommends a full-scale retaliatory response. The Soviets are denying everything. This oh, isn't us. Right, which I can't can't believe a Soviet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we cut to David Falcon and Jennifer being driven in a military jeep and then running inside. So everybody's here. It's, we're all we're all in the NORAD headquarters now. Uh, Falcon tells McKittrick and Behringer it's a bluff. And the screens show phantom missiles. Uh, Falcon tells Behringer as he's listening to a machine that the Soviets would not order their own annihilation. Behringer calls off the retaliation, so he listens to Falcon. Uh, however, they they're on, basically on the line with several of these bases that are supposedly going to get hit first. Yeah. Uh, and there's a countdown that commences as they're all clutching their pearls. Um, the screens light up like that Atari Missile Command game. Oh, I love that game. And then eventually the NORAD people ask these other bases, are you still here? And they say, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, still here. Yeah, we're good. One one of them, yeah, we're here. Jesus H. Christ, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that was the base in Maine. Somehow they gave they gave right. this, Maine, this Mainer like like an Alabama accent. Oh, why not? <laughs> uh, during the celebration, yay, we're saved. Uh, they realized Whopper isn't letting them log back in to power down their own missiles. 
So Joshua starts running through sequences uh, to try to to um, get the the ten number launch code, and it's picking them. It's picking these numbers off one at a time, identifying the, these, these numbers. Yeah. Uh, David says we need to challenge Joshua to a new game to like distract it and get it to learn, um, not failure, but learn that some games can't be yeah, won. Right. Yeah. That there's just sometimes there's no winner. Yeah. And so they they get they get Joshua to alongside still running these numbers to start playing tic tac toe with them. And I love this. Like I don't know if this was meant to be funny or not. I have a feeling it was. But like as they start up the first game of tic tac toe, some guy like over David's shoulder goes, "Put X in the middle." <laughs> and it was like like everybody's on board with helping. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Joshua hits all 10 numbers in the sequence and we see the tic-tac-toe games just cycling and cycling and cycling and cycling, no winners. Uh, then, you know, like the missile command, you know, yeah. you know, basically, you know, there's supposed missiles everywhere and then the lights go out and then the voice of Joshua comes back on and says, greetings, Professor Falcon, strange game. The only winning move is not to play. How about a nice game of chess? So it didn't fire the missiles. Thankfully. Yes. <laughs> this was pretty tense, I will say. Yeah, it was. It was. And, it, yeah, and the, beginning, went... the beginning and the end of this movie really did ratchet up the tension. Yeah, yeah they did. It, they did. it did a good job with that. Uh, McKittrick, they all start shaking hands. McKittrick tussles David's hair because that's what you do with, uh, with yep. a youth. You know, whippersnapper. Uh, I know. David then tussles his hair back. Berenger orders back the DEFCON 5, and then we... Roll credits. Roll, roll credits. That's that's it for Wargums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there any final thoughts on, on the movie before uh, we just, jump into the next bits? I. It was far more lighthearted than I anticipated. For a, for a movie about nuclear, nuclear destruction, war. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I of course you know I we talked before we hadn't seen this movie before mm -hmm. yeah neither of us um, had seen this i'd seen but, part, like bits of it but yeah but i was but i was aware of the concept of the movie mm -hmm. um and then it just there was there was it was really just a lot more light-hearted than i anticipated yeah like it even had you know like some of the sequences with like david and jennifer had some of that like cheesy 80s like like oh yeah like like falling in love music yeah. like before they kiss and stuff like that and then it would go back to your brass and snare drums at it, exactly it like it, it was um it's just a little bit all over the place yeah. you know but it, it was it was fun it was know? fun enough yeah yeah so let's made get a, into our made, our tr made a ton of money like yeah. 10 times its budget well, and Reagan's administration watched this movie, and, and a year later, that's when they started putting in some of these, you know, congressional acts to, like, safeguard, you know, that's the, the first smart. thing is safeguard, like, you know, like, dig, you know, like, digital security, network security, things like right. that. Right. All right. Well, hey, folks, it's that time of the show where Oz and I each give our own unique rating uh, about the movie in question, in this case, 1983's, 83's War Games. <laughs> Oz, how would you rate this flick? Uh, I'm gonna give it a Whopper Junior. <laughs> Whopper Junior. Yeah, yeah. That uh, the the old Whopper computer system just reminded me of like a fun little guy. <laughs> Why <laughs> so, am I so hungry as I watch gonna, this movie? Somebody give him a Whopper Junior. What are you giving it? I got a taste for a flame broiled burger. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Have it your way. That's right. What are you Except giving it? 
Is that Burger King or McDonald's? I don't it's remember. It's Burger King. Burger Is it Burger King? King? Okay, yeah. I got it right. What they needed was like like everything goes dark and then like the king's head just slowly rises in the frame. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> when they play that game of chess, it should have been the king. The king, yeah. <laughs> uh I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this with five DEFCONs. Fair. That's that's the appropriate amount of DEFCONs. Yes, that's I that's always what... thought it was odd that like I feel like it should have gone the other way. Yeah, like five was the worst. Not yeah, five the yeah. Best, yeah. I know. And uh, we'll we'll have to ask Behringer about that in between yeah. chomps on his cigar. That's or, true. Or, or or big cheeks full of dip. He's like eating a chair at one point. Like it just <laughs> when he was <laughs> when he was in when he was in a scene and there was nothing for him to do. He just. He kept eating. He's just he's just he's just gnawing on like like a, like a piece of leather at one point. Yeah, like, a, he, like a piece of rawhide. <laughs> that that he had uh, slathered butter on with a piece of with a piece of bread. Yes, and butter. Yeah, he, he took the bread butter and slathered it around the rawhide, curled himself up in the corner, and then would just growl at McKitchen yeah. every time he came close. <laughs> All right. Hey, next up, folks, we've got Outside Insights. Oz and I have been scouring the interwebs, searching for unprofessional reviews that tickle our funny bones, and we hope they tickle yours as well. Hey, Oz, what's your Outside Insight? Uh, I have a review from Brandon Greenbaum, one star <laughs> left on Letterboxd. Okay. He, sa- he says, my God, this movie never ends, and accomplishes an incredible feat in making Going Into Defcon." feel about as urgent as someone with IBS realizing the food they're eating is just a tad too spicy. (laughs) (laughs) It should have been a little more urgent, but yeah. So I know they whipped through these DEF CON numbers too. Like they did. Yeah. Yeah. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Or de-escalated. I don't know. You've gone the wrong direction with your DEF CON numbers. (laughs) So what do you, what's your outside insight? Uh, I got two I'm going to share. Uh, the first one's a really quick one. Uh, they're both 10 out of 10 reviews from the Ooh, Internet Movie nice. Database. Yeah. Uh, the first one comes from Logo Fun from October 2021. Uh, when it comes to great classic cyber films, nothing beats war games. Not even those other classic cyber films. Not even Ready Player One can compare to the awesome storyline and special effects. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that Ready Player One wasn't a bad movie, but... Yeah, it's just nostalgia barfed all over the screen. Yeah, the book was too. Yeah. Uh, the the other one, uh, again, also a 10 out of 10 from the Internet Movie Database. This is gener- Generation of wa- of Swine. Okay. Is Generation of Swine is the, uh, the user. Left in January 2019. Ali Sheedy, whatever happened to her? When I was a little kid, I mean really little, she was one of the few <laughs> stars I could name. And then she disappeared. It's a shame. Anyway, my fiance is a millennial, and I've been trying to to introduce her and her friends to some classic films. This one was a fail. They sat through it, but but the only thing they did was mock the technology. Mocking things that that are old for being old is kind of one of their favorite things. Yeah. Like, probably mock you then, sir. Yeah, it's (laughs) Ali Sheedy. What happened to her? It's a shame. Anyway, my fiance is a millennial. I just wanted to let you guys know I married way younger. Basically, that's what it is. Yeah. Hey, high fives, everybody. Uh, eh, eh, eh. High five, high five. You guys, uh, see my wife and her friends. Yeah, they make fun of me and ridicule me constantly for being older. But hey, it's a living. Yeah, but my <laughs> wife's fifteen years younger than me. So high five, high five, high five, yeah, high five. Yeah. High five. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, folks, it's that point in the show you've all been waiting for, our signature segment, the 321, in which Oz and I each share three goods, two bads, and one, huh, about the film in question, 1983's War Games, or Wargums, as we've War it. Wargums, because it's one word. Oz, what are your three goods? Titular line. <laughs> <laughs> There's a titular line. Uh, my second. My second is actually a somewhat accurate foreshadowing of the direction of AI. Uh Um, Way better than, say, like what Terminator did of, you know, there's, we've got, you know, cyborgian, you know, robo-skeleton, blah, blah, blah. It's like this this movie is far more accurate in the direction that AI uh, has been heading. Um, Still not of its own devices, thankfully. Um, and then my third, I really enjoyed the face on Whopper. Just the little <laughs> eyes and a little bleepity bloopity mouth. Bleep blorp. I love 80s fascination with advanced technologies just having lots of lights. <laughs> <laughs> it's not technology if it doesn't have blinking lights. No, no. If there aren't 57 light bulbs attached, then it's not technologically advanced. So yeah. those are my three goods. To, there has to be at least two different colors. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you got to go from red to yellow and yellow back to red. So yeah. <laughs> uh, whoa. <laughs> what are what are your three goods? Oh, I'm going to start with uh, double ship side by side at Galaga for my first one. Okay. I mentioned this at the beginning, but I get a good Galaga player knows how to take that risk. Let your ship get captured so that you can free it and then have double ship for double guns. So Ooh, that's my good. first one. That's how you knew that David really was good at what he did because he had the double ships in Galaga. Fair enough. Uh, my second good, let's go with, um, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll mention it again, just drip, drippy 80 parents. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and I'll, and I'll also work in David's dad's method of putting the butter on the corn, <laughs> which uh, apparently we didn't have that technology where, where I grew up. So no, no, no <laughs> life hacks were not quite up to you. No, no, we, that didn't didn't make it to Kankakee County. I know my mom read about it in the newspaper. So, wow, <laughs> no. wow, the the, the, the Peoria mom, Star Star Journal it was my, on top of things. My, my mom can't read. Let's not get ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> she saw it in War Games. <laughs> she, <laughs> she buttered a piece of bread and, lo- and it, it slipped out of her hand. It fell onto an ear of corn, and she yeah. had an idea. Yeah, it's, it's it's like Doc falling off the toilet. Exactly. My mom, my mom was just a little bit more contained and just like, I figured out a better way to, to butter our cord. Your mom fell off the toilet instead of having a vision of the flush flux capacitor. It, it was, it was a piece of buttered bread and an ear of corn. Well, it's because she fell off the toilet while eating bread and butter and corn. But the butter her, wasn't equally distributed. No, so it, was, her, it, was, it was really disappointing. Her hands weren't free to catch her fall. <laughs> they were too buttery anyway. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, mom, I know you're not listening, but I do love you. <laughs> no, no, I, I kudos to to you and your family for for knowing that life hack back back uh, back in the day. Have you have you you seen my childhood photos? There wasn't a food hack I didn't know. <laughs> I was I had some girth as a kid. <laughs> So that was that was my second good. Uh, I'll I'll go with uh, 
I, I think it told a good story. Uh, yeah, was, I think it was solid editing. So yeah. like the storytelling, the editing, you know, it, the story seemed to move along at a steady pace. You know, there wasn't any real like kind of down parts in the right. movie. Um, so yeah, it's just it was a, a well told story. Not a no, not a perfect movie by any no. means, but but it was a good story. Yeah. I'll also throw in like clocks, tension, like ticking clocks. Yeah, they yeah. they worked at it well. All right, so hey, those are my three goods. Hey, Oz, what are your two bads? Uh, my first bad is that the the Whopper anagram is, just sounds pretty dumb for such a serious computer. Like yep. the Whopper. Like, come on, this is this is the military putting it together. <clears throat> yes, it ends in an R, like you know, like a lot of them do. But Whopper, come on. Uh, two, Broderick and Sheedy, they were pretty bad actors in this movie. Yeah, they weren't that like, great. Like it was, especially Ali Sheedy. Yeah, um, they did grow out it, out of it a bit, but man, they were they were pretty bad. Yeah. Um, my wife and I both were like, "Yeah, this is early in their careers," <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and they did give their best. You know, this wasn't like a mail it in kind of performance this was yeah. just we're pretty raw and haven't really cut our teeth yet yeah you could tell they were trying there was nothing oh, yeah. ir- you know like ironic about this movie no no they were they were pretty pretty distant from acceptable <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what do you got for your two bads uh i'm gonna start with my first one uh the teacher shaming david and jennifer in, in yeah. front of the class that was yeah and you, pretty you, bad. you and i yeah. both work in education and um yeah, that's just that's, you don't that's, do that. You, you don't do that. Hey, David, here's the F you got in your test for everyone right. to see. Oh, hey, Jennifer, yeah. same thing. Here's the F you got on your test. Yeah, yeah. You you don't do that. You don't. You don't do that. Like that. You don't weaponize their performance against right. Them. Yep. So that's that's my first bad. Um, for my second one, um. At one point, there was a there was a NORAD guard. Uh, he was guarding the infirmary where they had locked David up uh-huh. uh, in, Nor- in NORAD. And in um, the guard, there was a blonde woman who oh, was just sitting yeah. out there, just doing her job, like some kind of secretary or assistant right. or something. And this guy just walks over, just st- starts hitting on her, and she's she <laughs> basically tells him like leave, and he doesn't. Like no. you don't you don't want you don't want me to leave, baby. Yeah. It's like it reminded me a lot of like David Patrick Kelly hitting on Radon Chong and, and Commando. Yes, yes, that that's a that's a good comp right there. She's like like what what don't you understand here? You know, and he's like, well, I understand that I'm bored and you're here, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, take a hint, guy. Yeah, she said no. She's trying to do her job. He's pretty slimy looking too. He was pretty slimy. He had a, he had a sl- slimy mustache. Yeah, like he was gonna tire to the tracks. <laughs> if i don't catch her nobody will <laughs> <laughs> he's very dastardly yeah so th- those are my two bad say oz what's your one huh uh we kind of mentioned it slightly earlier but does david have a hack for everything <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's nothing that is in his way that he couldn't figure out like he he was like a macgyver precursor like yeah, like he hacked a phone booth yeah he hacked a phone booth <laughs> He, he, like, he hacked a door lock <laughs> without touching it. Like, with a, with a tape recorder. Yeah, like, uh, just, you know, it, I don't know. It's like, there's just nothing could get in his way. Except for the fact that he couldn't rehack Whopper to shut it down. Yeah. So, uh, but that's my huh, is what doesn't David have a hack for? Yeah. What do you got? 
Uh, Je- it, I Jennifer has the uh, is a very fit person in this movie. Uh-huh. So, like, where does she find the time to to work out? All like, uh, <laughs> like 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 David calls her and she's like on her floor doing like like stretches, like aerobic stuff. Yes, and then like she runs up to his to to his house, and again her arms are pumping. Oh yeah, you know, she's pumping. They're going like like hundred eighty degrees in the other direction, and they're like <laughs> her arms are at perfect ninety degree angles. Um, you know, she's riding a dirt bike everywhere. Like, I, I don't quite understand Jennifer's lifestyle. I, I either. Uh, again, they're on Falcons Island and, and David's like, it's at least two to three miles to shore, maybe more. And she starts like taking off her sweatshirt. Like, yeah. all right, let's, let's swim it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's just swim here in, in open water for, for two to over three two miles. miles. Yes. In the dark. Right. It was, it was nighttime yeah. also. And, and David's like. I hack computers. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not physically fit. Um, but yeah, I agree. I I almost put as my hunt that if if she's so much more athletic than them, like why was like every time they were running from something, they were always neck and neck. Like she should have been out running everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while while his hands are on his knees and he's like doubled over, like give me a second, Jennifer. <laughs> so. Yeah, oh, where yeah did so she, where did she find the time? Mm, so that that's war games, and that yeah. that wraps war month. Oz. that wraps uh, at the time of this recording, November twenty twenty three. Yeah, where we had five movies with the consecutive letters W A R. We did it. I'm surprised yeah. we found five in American filmography. I know, right? <laughs> Our culture doesn't celebrate war. No, <laughs> no, about? not at all. <laughs> uh, we are switching themes next month. Uh huh. And next month's theme, I love this theme. It's your, this I'm giving you all, all the credit for it. Um, we should, we probably should try to come up with a better name for the theme. This, it's a little wordy, but really, we're just covering just. Action movies that are just very by the numbers. Yeah, that's how I have it labeled is by the by the numbers yeah. action movies. Just like cookie cookie cutter type action films of your brain does not need to be turned on for these, mm-hmm. um, but, but but your heart will be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just by the numbers action films. Nothing too special. Very trite. Uh, very formulaic. Um, a lot of fighting, mm-hmm. just, you know, it's Christmas. Yeah, it's, yeah. Turn, turn your brain off, close your fists, you know, yeah, roundhouse a couple of dozen ninjas and you're good. It's, it's Christmas. And we are going to kick off week one. <laughs> Literally, we're going to kick off. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're going to kick off week one of By the Numbers Action Films with one I've been trying to squeeze into the podcast for yeah. quite a while. And, I, and another movie I've never seen before. Oh, and it's been, I think I've seen it once, but still. We are going to start with 1985, <laughs> Michael Dudikoff. Yeah, we are. American Ninja. <laughs> I uh, watched this movie yesterday, and again, it's the first time I've seen uh-huh. it. And oh my god, it's no no spoilers for too much for next week. But what a dumb fun movie! Oh yeah, love. I just I love this genre of film, especially <laughs> the like like riding the train of like eighties ninja movies. Yeah, and how like the best ninja of them all is always some an American white guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
By the um, way, your your favorite movie thing is going to happen several times in this movie. Oh, sweet. I love yes, a yeah, titular that, line. Uh, there are lots of titular lines. So I, I'm going to give just a real quick uh, synopsis. I'm actually just going to read the f- two sentences from the Wikipedia plot review mm-hmm. or plot synopsis to, to summarize this movie. As an alternative to prison, young American <laughs> Joe Armstrong is yep. cons- is constricted into the US Army by a judge. It's Joe ends- brother. <laughs> Joe ends up fighting off the Black Star Order of Ninjas while stationed in the Philippines. Like that's all you need to know, folks. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And like, obviously and this goes on like the plot of this goes on for another four paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Michael Dudikoff as Private Joe Armstrong, savior uh <laughs> BJ brother movie made over 10 times its budget. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like, it did. It's a dumb yeah. fun eighties action movie. Yes, it is. Uh, and it's brought to you by the Canon group. One of I my, know. Well, oh, I, 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 I didn't know that. Film. And I turned it on and the Canon logo came up and I literally started, started like happily cla- like, yay. <laughs> I know. Cause you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like you almost yanked my computer off That's of my a- desk. How, how happy I am. But the, yeah, it's just I love I love canon films. Love them, love them. And, you know what uh, you're gonna get? You're gonna get silly fun. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna well, and I I say this partially tongue in cheek, partially honestly. You're gonna get like you're going to get creativity. Mm-hmm. You're going to get somebody with just an absolutely zany idea, and they just threw money at it and said, "Okay, go do it." Yeah. And that's you're really get, what American Ninja gonna get, is. <laughs> you're going to get guys dressed in, in, in black regalia bouncing off trampolines and yeah. doing backflips. Yeah. <laughs> in <It's> the like, <laughs> battle. <laughs> I love it. I'm already so excited to, for, to, this, to cover you're this You're going to get shuriken stars. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why not? But Michael Dudikoff. Yeah, I love the guy. Um, his filmography. Yeah. He's in Bachelor Party, but American Ninja, Avenging Force, American Ninja 2, Platoon Leader, River of Death, American <laughs> Ninja 4, The Human Shield, Rescue Me, Cyberjack, Soldier Boys, Bounty Hunters, Bounty Hunters 2. Like, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. he he makes American Ninja and they're like Okay, this is what this is who you are, Michael Dudikoff. Yeah, that that's here. Here's your path forward. It's very and narrow he, and linear. And he made a career like 2018. He played a character named Superboss in a movie called Fury of the Fist and the Golden Fleece. Nice Navy <laughs> Se- Navy Seals versus Zombies, starring Michael yeah. Dudikoff. Like, I, I'd want. I'd probably watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's so dumb. So dumb. Well, hey, Oz, but where can people find us? People can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube if you're listening. Uh, there is a link to Patreon down below if you'd like to join our army of four. Hey, give the gift of Patreon this That's holiday right. season, folks. Yeah, it helps small businesses like us. <laughs> With a nationwide reach. Oh, we're nationwide. I kid. <laughs> worldwide. Why? Why? <laughs> Prestige worldwide. So, uh, but no, we we are wrapping up. The, I, I got, I'm sorry. I got off on that American Ninja tangent. Just an excitement for next week. So thank you for writing that back in. 
Um, I, I love it. I love the excitement. And I love so, how yeah, you are. <laughs> I, uh, we're going to be back uh, to kick off. Is it? No, that was last year. By the numbers, action films. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we head into 2024 already. So I know. It's coming like a freight train. So, all right. Well, for did you, oh wrong show. Come on, off my game. <laughs> for another episode of Let's Talk About Flicks, I'm Oz. I'm Curtis, and we'll see you next week with American Ninja. Hey y'all.